Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have with us Chris Atley. She is an award-winning coach. She is an NLP master practitioner with a degree in psychology, best-selling author, and international TED Talk speaker. Chris speaks on stages around the world on coach approach and self-care for success. For coaches, entrepreneurs, and growth-centered organizations alike, she has been studying human behavior for her entire life. She draws from 23 years of business experience and is known for her ability to identify the mindset blocks, preventing them from realizing their big dreams and goals. Chris is the founder of DecisionsByDesign.com, where she guides coaches to unlearn their limits, step into their greatness, and make empowered decisions that lead to incredible results for themselves and their clients. She also is the podcast host of One Simple Truth with her best friend, Amy Yates. It is such a pleasure to have Chris here with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys. I've been loving your podcast. I've been tuning Aww. in. So yeah, this is so cool. We are excited to jump into this. And we always like to start from the very beginning. And that is where did your journey start? And how did it lead to you to where you are today? Oh, yeah, such a great question. And it's interesting because in the bio, you know, studying human behavior, I really do feel like it's been my whole life just being so interested in how people show up and why they do what they do and analyzing that sort of thing. So it's kind of no coincidence that I would end up in a field, you know, that was around studying that even more and looking at you know, what, where people are blocked and how to help them through that. But really my journey, it began, I was already in a different career. So that was going well in insurance actually, which I chose. Most people fall into it. Yeah. But I had a summer job and I was uh, at an insurance company during university. And I thought, oh, this sounds really interesting. I saw a job posting for helping people when they got in car accidents. So I thought, oh, I want to help people. That's what I'll do. I was going to school for psychology. And so I started, you know, with a career like four days after finishing university and just kind of took off in that direction. And about 10 years in, I just really started or almost 10 years, I should say, started feeling stuck and just not passionate about it anymore, even though it was going well, um, but really seeing people at their worst, I would say it was pretty adversarial with people wanting to sue and things like that. When I felt like I was helping, it was okay, but it was just not the best environment. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I thought maybe I'll go back to school. I couldn't quite figure it out. And lo and behold, it actually took my dad passing away unexpectedly and it was a couple months after our first child was born and so it was already like a crazy time overwhelming and then that happened so I was left feeling really sort of angry and like why are we here soul searching but from a negative place really what is the meaning of life when I look back those were the questions I was asking and I ended up being 
led to the movie The Secret a couple months later or a few months later. And I always think this is so interesting, you know, because it's about like attracts like, and it took being in a good mood to even watch it because it had been sitting in my house untouched for a month. And I was on maternity leave at the time in Canada, we have a big maternity leave. And I went for lunch with a girlfriend and had the best time and came home. And I was like, I'm going to watch that movie. And I put it in and I was just blown away that our thoughts can create a reality. And I just wanted to learn everything that I could about that topic. And in that moment, they talk about following your bliss. And I knew for me, it was moving to California. So thankfully my husband was on board and we put that into place. And then soon doors started opening. So I soon found out later about coaching. It wasn't such a big thing back then. And I thought, this is it. This sounds like the perfect fit. And then I went and hired a coach to make sure and made incredible life changes that I wasn't expecting. So then I really believed in the process and went and got certified. And then kind of the rest is history from there. <laughs> it's wow. been a journey though. Sorry to hear about your dad. Was this in your twenties? I'm just yes. curious, like early twenties, you know, cause just yesterday in my class, you know, I had a young girl, she was 25. And we were going through the chakras because I teach Reiki and we get to the developmental stages of the chakras. So your chakra, the solar plexus develops around 14 to 21 years old. And we were talking about that. And I thought, well, this is where your passion and purpose develops. This is all about your identity, but really all of the self and soul things are all nothing but passions and purposes, right? You're what you're here to be, but no one asks you when you're 14 to 21 years old, what do you, what is your passion? What are you, you know, naturally good at? What do you like? It's none of that. It's what are you going to do with your life? And where are you going to go to college and how much money you're going to make? That's the kind of like mindset that adults are putting on children. And then children are developing these very limited beliefs because they're very limited on what society is offering that fits within what they are naturally good at. Totally. Yeah. It's so true. We're not really, I mean, I would like to think that's shifting these days. I hope so, but definitely when we were growing up, you know, it was like, yeah, you just go and get a job and then you retire and that's it. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I think that for me, it was definitely brought up as a kid, but it was, it wasn't ever like encouraged to feed it. Like, for example, Mandy, what is your passion animals? Well, what do you want to be when you grow up a veterinarian? But then it wasn't really ever talked about much about like a lot of times we just ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? For example, my daughter's passion, she loves art. She loves to sit and do art. So now as an adult, it's my job to continue to find ways to encourage her passion currently. Totally. Yes. I love that. I know I have a son who's in high school and he's really entrepreneurial. So we're trying to encourage that, you know, um, that you can do anything with this and what lights you up and makes you happy. And the other thing is, is I feel like there's so much stress on kids this age to figure it out. And it's like, 
you might end up doing something that doesn't even exist right now. You just need to follow the path of what makes you happy and what you're interested in, and it'll keep unfolding. You know, that's it. That's all yeah. we need to do. I think another thing, and you guys, please correct me if, if you think that this is not truth, but I think a lot of the things that especially empaths like us are passionate about, unfortunately, don't pay very well. So, I mean, I know when I worked at Children's Hospital, working with children was a major passion of mine. I got paid $12 an hour. Look at teachers. So a lot of people go against what their passion truly is because financially they can't live. Yeah, it's true. Which is unfortunate because I think even that you know, there's a limiting belief around that, that we absolutely can create the abundance we want doing what we love. It might just show up in a different form than what we're thinking of, you know? And what about so, women? I mean, women are just not, I mean, it's not very long where there wasn't even a quarter of this much opportunity that we have today. And I think having a woman, you know, seated in office, you know, as a vice president is a huge thing for women, yeah. a huge thing. And that we can really gather strength from. I mean, I'll have to tell you when I came into the relationship that I'm in right now, after I had my daughter, because so I had three kids with my ex-husband and then I have one with my current. And when I first had her, it was about, I think she was like one. He was like, well, aren't you going to go back to work? And I was like, "Uh, are you crazy? And he was like, no. I mean, like, aren't you going to work? And I was like, I have a baby and I have four other kids. How would I work? He was like, well, my mom did. And I looked at her, I was like, holy shit, here in Colorado, women have been like that. They've gone to college. His mom had her own business, her own life, but I'm from Louisiana. So we're a little bit more traditionally, we stay home with our kids. You talk about that in your TED talk. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know, that's what I'm just thinking of. It's such a great example of how those beliefs are passed down. And I grew up the opposite way in Canada, at least where we were from, everybody worked. So, you know, my mom worked, my grandma had a business, so everybody worked. And then moving to California, at least where we are here, it's totally different. It's like what you're talking about, where most of the women are highly educated, but they stay home. So it's like, oh, you know, the beliefs are passed down. So yeah, I digress. The ham in the pan is one of my favorites because it illustrates it so perfectly. So there's a husband and wife and they're preparing a ham and the wife cuts the ends off and he asks why she's doing that. And she says, I don't know. I just have always done it that way. So they ask her mom and why do you cut the ends off? And she said, I don't know. I've just always done it this way. This is how we prepare a ham. So then they ask the grandma, why do you prepare the ham that way? And she says, oh, that's easy. It's because my pan was too small. <laughs> So then she uh, had to cut the ends off to fit, right? And it yeah. was down that that's just how we cook a ham. Yeah. So that hit me. When I listened to her TED talk, I was like, holy shit, that's like the story of my life. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure there was a reason that we were limiting ourselves for something, even if it's the crust of the ham, you know, I, yeah. For all Amazing. of us. And it, yeah. like, until we are questioning, you know, why do we believe what we do? You know, then yeah. we can start to have that shift and create a more empowered belief system. Because Love what's it. that quote? Like, whatever, whether you believe you do or you don't, that'll be your reality. <laughs> I just butchered that, but <laughs> yeah. So, sound again. I, you know, a lot of people cringe when they 
hear about a lot of this pain or beliefs going back to when they were a child because they immediately think, oh, I don't want to have to revisit that. I don't, a lot of people don't believe that. And a lot of times it's interesting. I find that parents almost go, no, because they get offended. It triggers them like, no, I didn't do anything wrong when I was a parent, you know? And so inner child work has always seemed to be this weird word that triggers people. I don't know if you find that. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like, ooh, do we really have to go all the way back to when we were a child and what we were instilled with and the beliefs and the, the, even the symbolism and, you know, all of that and look at that to heal who we are today? So my question yeah. is, do we? Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I love that you I just on call it that because <laughs> I don't even call it that. I just call it timeline therapy. And then, you know, what's blocking you to have reach your dreams and have your goals come true, but it always goes there because where, wherever someone's blocked, it goes back to those decisions that they've made in childhood. And that's running the show in the subconscious. Right. And that's That's causing them to make the decisions, take the action or not take action in their. And I focus a lot on business, but it's always, back to something that happened in childhood where they made an important decision. Okay. So as a parent though, you want, you sit there and you go, Oh my God, like that, that puts so much burden on your, you as a parent, like every move I make could affect my child in 20 years. We can get stuck in that blame, like blaming me because when you were four years old, I didn't do this or didn't do that. You know, it can get kind of like into this blame game. And I think what I heard you just say is no, it's not about that. It's not about finding the ugly and it's about also digging in there and just concentrating on the solution and tweaking those thoughts. You know, if somebody's saying they don't want you to go there, it's uncomfortable for them. That's because they do have something there. Yeah, totally. Cause I think and when there's a resistance, there's, there's definitely something probably. They, they know there's yeah. something there that needs to be yeah. addressed. And what mm-hmm. I find too, I don't know about you guys with the work you're doing, but I find sometimes it can be the littlest thing in childhood or totally you know, yes. something in a friend group that happened. <sighs> it, it can, and as an adult, you're like, oh my God, that's what it was. That's not yes. even a big deal. But as right. a kid, that's your world and you're making really important decisions. So sometimes yeah. it's not even like a huge traumatic event. I'll give you an example of a very easy one. My dad was always bent that I didn't continue to play softball. And it's so stupid. To me, it's so stupid. But on his deathbed, he was still saying that. And I was like, oh my God, dad, you're hilarious that you would still be holding on to that. I was like, but as a child, that made me feel that I wasn't enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I've done a lot of work, so I'm able to separate, but that's his shit, not mine. I didn't have to go back and dig through like my memories or dig through photo albums or dig through my mom's brain about things that happened to me when I was a child. When I sat in meditation and in a place of opening myself up, the events and the things were just released to me like naturally. And then I knew that memory was put in front of me because that was something that I needed to look at. So you don't have to torture yourself and search and search and search for me, at least. I mean, for example, I mean, we were doing a podcast and it dawned on me that my brother, Jason had taken me to a park and dared me to drop off this huge tower. And he had lied to me and told me he had jumped. 
but really he slid down the slide and I jumped off of this like rooftop slide tower and hurt myself really bad. And that, that was released to me. And I think that it taught me not to trust people because I trusted him so much in that moment. I can actually feel it inside of me. So that discernment that Shanna always talks about is I felt this memory and I felt that lack of trust and how betrayed I was in that moment that I was so hurt and I believed him and I trusted him with all my heart that he did it too. So that, and that it, that's why I did it. So, you know, something as simple as that. Yeah. Oh, but it changes your mindset for the rest of your life. Some stupid little tiny things. So sometimes it's just what shifting the perception about things or just recognizing it, letting it go saying, wait, that doesn't exist in my life anymore. What do you do with your um, clients to change that mindset? Yeah. Well, you know, I loved what you said earlier about realizing that it was their stuff. So I know when I do the timeline therapy and you know, what I do is I trace whatever feeling is coming up for people, like say they get a no in business. Well, what is that feeling? It's usually something like disappointment or doubt. Well, where did that feeling first come from? Right. And we go back in time and then what we, once we realize those decisions and everyone could actually even do that if they wanted to take them through that type of an exercise. And then we look at the decisions they made at that time. And then what I do is have them have their higher self come in to before that incident and have a conversation and what's really the truth and what's the wisdom and the knowledge and the resources they can share. And then you embody that. And then we, you know, kind of walk through time and notice how things shift. And it's amazing because people always feel lighter, you know, like they've been able to let go of that and they don't need to have that running the show anymore. And they can just be who they really are. So I would, I have them rename it to something powerful. So for me, if it was like, you know, softball, you know what? It's not that I quit. I changed my direction, right? It's not that I was like a quitter. I didn't even resonate with that. My dad did. That's his shit. So for me, I went back and it was like, you know, maybe you could even call it a feminine transition. You could rename it instead of quitting softball. I love that. I just saw a huge orb go from right by your head and went, I will send you the video because it was so obvious. Really? It was a huge orb. And then it was like several like streams. Oh, I wonder who came to join us. I love it. I don't know. It was super amazing. (laughs) Like almost like came out of your head. Yeah. I'm going to have to remember to go back right here. Where's the (laughs) timestamp? Yeah. It was was that cool. I know. I'm sorry, but it just totally distracted me. It's amazing. Well, it was 11, 11. It was probably divinity with us right now. That was amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. Chris, what was your dad's name? Jim. Jim. James. Mm. Sorry about that loss. It's so hard. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thank goodness for tools like this though. I mean, it's still so sad to not see him in that form, but 
you know, to be able to still communicate. And, you know, I went on such a journey after watching the secret and got into all kinds of things that were mind blowing and like a book on angels. And I was like, Oh my God, I had, it got so uncomfortable. I had to put it down and then read a few other books and then come back to it. And then it was like, Oh, this makes sense now. And now it just, you know, makes so much sense, but Mm -hmm. being able to, you know, contact a medium who could channel his energy. And now I've learned how to connect with him directly in my Mm -hmm. mind's eye, which I've really been working on lately. And it's just so cool. It's like, you know, they're still here. So absolutely. uh, It's probably one of my biggest blessings in life was being opened up to realizing that that can happen. And yeah, you know, that we can connect with those loved ones that have passed on. So yeah, I totally get that. It's, I cherish that, you know, earlier I'd mentioned feeling stuck Mm. and you hear that word stuck a lot. And so I'm going to ask you to like dig back into that for a second and kind of describe what that felt like. Yeah. I love that question. I don't know if I've ever clearly defined it. So bear with me, but I know, you know, at the time, and I felt like this during my coaching career too. So, you know, I think it's that feeling of no longer feeling fulfilled and happy with the career that you're doing. And I'm sure it shows up in other ways as well in life. Um, but for me, it was around career and just not feeling fulfilled. That's really what it was. And I longed to feel passionate about what I was doing. So I guess it's the opposite of that. I wasn't feeling passionate. Um, I couldn't see how to feel passionate again either. So that's probably the stuckness, like where you can't see your next steps or your way out. So you just feel like that's what it is and you're stuck there. So, but what I can say is, this knowledgeable self could go back to the other self that didn't know anything about spirituality and say that there's always, you know, a way out. And we just have to ask those questions and be open to what shows up, which I think is really what the secret watching that movie enabled me to do because it got me into like dreaming big again and possibility thinking. And and then I started to see those next steps. But at the time, yeah, feeling stuck was like, not feeling passionate and not feeling fulfilled, knowing I really wanted to make a difference and not knowing how to do that. Do you feel like when you're in that, that space of stuckness, that there's like all these symptoms that seem to maybe be like universal, like people are having anxiety or depression, or maybe they're even filling that space with alcohol or drugs or anti or some sort of like, you know, prescription medicine, because they're unhappy or not aligned with where they're supposed to be. And so like their body starts screaming at them. Um, I just see that. And I see it in a lot of young people. It's so sad, you know, because they're like, what do I do with my life? Like, this is not what I want to do. And so they're stuck, but then they have all these symptoms of being stuck. Like stuck has a lot of symptoms. Yeah. With the secret, I was led to so many books and things on this. And my ultimate really is a course of miracles. And 
for me, it's that we're so powerful and we are, we are meant to create joy and love that just to be in alignment with that. And I think when we slip into those places of anxiety and depression, and I've had my fair share of that as well, that we think that that's it, you know, and it's like, no, that's not the way we're meant to be. And it almost makes us feel like a victim, like, and that we have to settle and that there's no way out. Low vibration of victim. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Let me ask you, you said the word create, because a lot of times people think creativity is just art, creating. It's not all art in music. It's creating a life, creating a, designing yourself something. Can you talk about how creating and creativity works with um, entrepreneurs? Yeah, I love that question because I used to get hung up on that too. And I felt like, oh, I'm not creative. I especially, I don't know if you can see the guitars in the background, but <laughs> I got a big one behind me. No. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is so creative that way. He's, you know, amazing with music and story writing and things like that and artsy. So I always thought, well, that's not me. And then along this journey, I've realized that no creation is just bringing something into a way of being into fruition, manifesting into the physical, right? It's anything. I mean, you could go out, this has happened to me where I'm like, I would love a housekeeper. And then she shows up. She's, (laughs) she's at someone else's house. And can you send that over here? Cause um, my house is awfully fucked up right now. That's what it is. It's just our thoughts. So it applies to anything. And I love creating my business and thinking about programs and, you know, new courses and speaking and webinars and things that will really help people. And that to me, just, I could spend all day long, you know, in that zone. And that to me is true. Creativity is whatever we're passionate about bringing to the light and focusing on it you know, and letting it come to fruition because we're the only ones that get in our own way of that process, you know, with what everything we're talking about, all those limiting beliefs that stop us. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. What, what would someone like me do? Like, for example, I have bills that need to be paid and my sense of soul is, is doing great, but unfortunately I have to balance lately because, you know, I'm living on my own now for the first time ever in my life. I have had to pull a little bit of my focus back because I have to work. I have to pay bills. Mm -hmm. Now I will say it does feel like I have a little bit of resistance. So part of me wants to just can the job, like forget waitressing and then just put all my focus back into sense of soul, but that's not realistic. You know, we, we talk about that balance and that balance with kids, family and creativity and passion because that passion can really take over. And before you know it, you're so into that creativeness and that passion that you're like finding that it's pulling you away from your family or your other commitments. So balance, talk about that. Yeah, I think that's such a great question. First of all, you have to get your basic needs met, right? So whatever way you need to do that. And so if it's waitressing right now, I totally think that that and I'm getting the tingles. Maybe we've got some more orbs in here, but <laughs> it's like that showed up for you for a reason to help you, right? That is in alignment with what you're asking for right now. And I think it's the same for people that want to make a career change. Like, don't just 
throw out the other job unless you can financially then great but let's put together a plan and that's really where the strategy piece of my mind comes in like hey maybe that's not your forever dream but let's get you to bringing in revenue the other way with what lights you up and map out a whole plan on what you can do to get that going right and i don't know what else you're doing but i would really want to know are you coaching are you doing retreats what is that right and what what do you need to replace the other income and where do you need to get to and then you can keep growing and scaling from there i mean i've made more money because of our podcast because of the outside stuff that i've gotten yeah and that's a whole trajectory but i think getting clear right it's getting really clear on what you want to create moving forward and what steps can you take while you're still doing what you need to do to have your current needs met so back to this housekeeper example because it really did happen so <laughs> we were <laughs> years ago about to hire a housekeeper for the first time uh when, after we had moved to california and I didn't, there wasn't any extra money to pay for it. I had no idea how we were going to pay for it, but I really wanted that help. So it could free up my time to either whatever work or be with the kids. They were super little then. And what I have learned through the universal laws is the decision always comes first. So it's making the decision that I'm hiring a housekeeper, putting it out to the universe. I don't know how that's going to happen. And literally within a couple of days, a new client showed up that enabled me to do that. But here's the thing. We have to notice the new client because everything's all around us right now. All the solutions are right there. And we're just not seeing it because of those limiting beliefs that are literally blocking our vision, right? So if we can get into that higher vibration, like you're talking about, that possibility thinking, this is possible. It is there. The self-love, it all is connected to it. Then we can see like, oh, I keep thinking about Amanda. Why am I thinking about Amanda? I need to reach out to her. And then you reach out to her and you realize she needs help with this and that. And she becomes a client. It's like, it really can be that simple if we would allow it to be. Yeah. It's interesting because I mean, I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm getting real honest with myself about like my limiting belief and mine is, is a lack of self-trust. So Shanna loves Reiki. She trusts Reiki. She believes in Reiki. She lives Reiki. I have not created anything that I feel that way with yet and, and that I trust that much. So it's that limiting belief I'm putting on myself, which really goes down to the core of me just having self-trust issues because of relationships that I've had throughout my life. Because I know the programs I've created are amazing, but I'm, it's that fear that of that lack of trust. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. Especially with the story you shared about your brother. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That's like heart wrenching when you were talking about that, like, no mm -hmm. doubt, you know, that's showing up. So then I would yeah. look at you need to believe instead. What's that empowered belief, you know, whether it's trusting in yourself or the universe. And that's really where we need to reframe it. Right. And we need to repeat that belief over and over, like have it on a whiteboard on your bathroom mirror, like every single day. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's that consistent repetition that's going to help us reprogram the subconscious. And then we need mm -hmm. to make decisions from that place. 
Like if I really trusted myself or whatever that belief is, what would I go and do? What action would I take? And then taking that new action starts to create a new result. And then we've totally changed what we're doing. I love that because you're right. It's all right here around me. I know it is. And yeah. when you were, when you were describing that, when you were saying it's all right there, we're just choosing not to see it. I had this vision of like, just, just grab it, just hold on to it. Why don't you trust yourself enough just to grab it and say that, you know what, this is mine and I love it. And I trust myself and I'm going to evolve it. So yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, I love it. I love the work you do. That's awesome. Uh, I love that that just resonated. I feel like I'm going to cry. That's so amazing because you you can totally create whatever you want it's right there and you don't have to Hmm. like I love Reiki because you can like put your own creativity in it and make it your own Uh, and I tell my students all the time like a lot of what I'm going to teach you is just my own experiences and I know what works like they don't teach this in a book they don't teach it in the Reiki manual, but this is how I do it. And then I just keep to like some, you know, main traditions of Reiki that are taught, but like really just putting whatever works for you into a program and loving yeah. it, loving it, loving really it. loving it. Yeah. Like, you know, having fun with it. That's how I feel. Like, totally. I love, and I have so much fun and passion when I talk about ancestry. I mean, I, I know it burns, it just fires me up. It ignites my soul. I could talk about it all day. Like, I mean, but people, everyone has an ancestry. So like, I it just love it. But it, it's something that I know I'm meant to do because of how much it fires me up. Mm, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's interesting at our, our, at our retreat this weekend. Um, it was our first sense of soul retreat in Crested Butte. And Shanna taught the whole thing you know, I've known Shanna since I was 15 and there were times where I was just staring at her and I was like, it was just really beautiful to watch because she was so in the zone and you could, and you could tell she was just fully aligned. Like everything about her, her energy, everything was just like, you could, you could feel her passion, but, and it was a, and it was a very authentic passion there's a difference you know it was yeah. like com- coming from her soul you know not yeah. just some place yeah. trying to sell a car to someone like it was <laughs> well it was, and I think it was such my soul I hardly even remember it <laughs> oh you're having an outer body experience while you're doing it because you're so passionate about it yeah yeah it's so true when you're in that zone it's like you're just connected to something else which yeah, we always are. Right. But I think we just forget. So it's yeah. like opening up to that and allowing um, it. So how is it? I'm curious. How is it that someone takes this passion and decides to twist it into the entrepreneurial? You could have taken it so many other directions. What was it that this work did for you that made you want to share it with everyone else in the world? I think for me, just learning about what coaching was and then hiring a coach And back then, you know, I was working further away. I was commuting so many hours. And so she had me setting goals, like go for a walk in nature once a week, you know, go for a massage once a month, which those types of goals then were pretty foreign. 
you know, that now everyone just goes for a massage and that's like what we do. But those little things, cause I just wasn't taking care of myself in that way. And so then I started seeing such great results. I was happier. I was nicer to be around <laughs> with my family. And, you know, that just really led me to believing in the process of um, goal setting and accountability. And that was how I decided I really wanted to be a coach. And then the journey of that just has sort of evolved. So as I was reading more about the law of attraction, you know, I was really using it to grow my business and also to move to California. And I always thought I would help people with a career change because that's what I was doing. But because I was learning so much about how to be an entrepreneur and things like online marketing and newsletters before really it was even a thing, I started attracting other entrepreneurs. And so I just kind of went with, this is what the universe is showing me. I'm going to stay on this path. And then what happened from there is I really started feeling blocked and I had plateaued in my own business. So once I really started studying the subconscious along with the universal laws, then everything took off. And then I started getting certified in those modalities myself. So I could help. So you had something blocking you. So you had something blocking you. So you had to go deeper and find out what was subconsciously in your way. I realized, yeah, at a certain point that I was the common denominator. I was taking all Mm. these courses, uh, spending all this money on masterminds and all kinds of things. And I was stuck, quote unquote, with um, the business results. And I knew it was possible because I believed fully we could be, do, and have anything in life. I was studying the universal laws, everything, but I couldn't get it to work in this one area. And so once I started looking at belief systems deep down, because really when they, you know, talk about the law of attraction and like attracts like. It's the energy of the belief, the feeling that we're putting out, right? So that it makes sense. We might say, I want to be successful. But if I, one of my limiting beliefs was that I thought that really successful people were in some way too cool for school, rude, right? And I was, I had a value conflict with that because I didn't want to be that type of person. So deep down, that was the feeling I was putting out. So no wonder, you know? It couldn't flow in. It kept me on a hamster wheel. So Mm. once I really was able to to break through some of that, then everything took off. And then now, you know, that's what I do with my own clients because, you know, the coaching kind of evolved as well because it was like, okay, we're setting goals, but now people aren't doing it and they're not taking action and they're not doing what they say that they're going to do. So what is happening? And it's not that they're not coachable. I know that's really popular to say it's that there's some belief going on deep down. Now they do have to have a willingness, like you were talking about before to want to move through it. They still have free will. So they have to want to. So I just see also the connection to you wanted to help people from the very beginning. I love to work with people. Mandy loves your stories. You know, these things are rooted in us. You know, something I learned a long time ago in the the first coaching certification was not to should all over yourself. 
right? And it's like those shoulds. She must have taken the same one with Randy Haverson. That's Haverson. That's his favorite. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, we just need to give ourselves permission to really tune in to what we love and what lights us up and then start making decisions from that place. I need to learn how to, you know, really get over my fears and get up on stage, like all those things. But I think that's really the key is being willing to do what you need to do to make things happen. A coach sometimes needs coaching. I mean, we're not all figuring it out and have it. We're healed forever. You know, we have to use our own tools. Oh yeah. I've always had a coach. So I probably, oh my God, spent so much money on coaches because I believe in it so much. And I needed to learn from people that had already done what I wanted to do. And so now it's more specific, you know, Hey, do I need help with Instagram or do I need help with building out a funnel or something like that? It's more specific, but For years, I had, you know, life coaches, personal coaches, NLP coaches, and that really is what helped me move through my blocks and inspired a new passion of being able to go even deeper with people, you know, so I'm not a therapist by any means, but the NLP techniques that I've learned enable me to go deeper with people and really discover those, you know, beliefs, but it wasn't that didn't come about until I worked through that myself with my own coach. So yeah, I totally believe in it. And you know what, now I'm pretty much working solely with coaches to help them be, you know, better coaches and to learn these tools and to kind of pass along the baton with this kind of system that I've created for um, business owners. And do you find that you learn from your coaches? I mean, from your students, because I feel like they've been my greatest teachers. You know, I am constantly learning as I teach. So I think it's a beautiful exchange. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. It's so awesome. And you know what's interesting is I'll catch, I was thinking about this this morning, I'll catch myself like they are so inspired right now with what they're creating and I'm feeling a little off. So it's like, how can I get that back? What do I need to do now? Because I'm kind of someone who gets bored. So I need to be evolving and learning new things. And, you know, as long as I'm in that space, then I can bring that back to the coaching that I'm doing and the programs I'm creating as well. But they're good. They're, it's like a little check-in, right? Like, ooh, yeah. you know what? I'm feeling the way they're feeling. So I need to get back on track. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting that, it's kind of like when you're living in your crown chakra and you're walking around connecting to spirits and getting all these downloads, like you, as a human, your ego, you want more, 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 more. And yeah. so uh, creativity comes to me like almost in the same way, like in a download, it's like, I'll go weeks without anything. And then it all just wants to fucking hit me at one time and I can't stop. And I'm ignoring my kids and I'm not making them dinner because I'm like, hold on, I'm getting all this amazing creativity. And like, it's like, literally I'm in the zone and I don't want to stop because it feels so good. And I'm afraid if I walk away from it, it's not going to come back and I got to get it all down on paper before it leaves me. And it's almost like this weird relationship that I have with creativity because then all of a sudden I'm doing a million different things. It's not just one piece of creativity. It's like all these ideas come at once. And so Mm -hmm. it's learning to be able to kind of shift through it 
and mm -hmm. work with what is suiting you the best and what you can take and do with rather than trying to do five different things at once. That trust thing came up again, right? Because you were yep. like, oh, wondering if it's ever going to come through again. It's like, it's always going to be there. So then you can, you know, relax a little like, hey, I don't need to do all of this at once. There's always going to be that flow coming yeah. in. But yeah. I hear you. I mean, and certain times of the month, let's be honest, that, you know, we're more creative and it's like, oh, you want to harness that when it comes in. And you're yes. Like, feeling best energetically. Oh, yes. Yeah. I am so like that. I'm like, oh shit, good. I got energy. I got to hurry up and do whatever I fucking can before it goes away. <laughs> and yes. I'm so scared it won't come back next month. So I'm that's like, I'm not going to get it all. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's probably writers do. Like, I don't know what movie it was, but he was like sitting at his typewriter and it was like, are you thinking of like <gasps> misery? Jana, Shanna, how did you know that was the movie I was thinking because of? Because I saw it when you said it. But I'm like, that's creepy. She forced him. <laughs> I know. And she that, that movie haunts me because she hit his legs with hammers <laughs> while he was tied down. No, I don't know. Shanna, see, that's why you're my best friend. You literally read my mind. And I'm like, why is why am I thinking of that creepy movie, Misery? But yeah, it's like writers. They like, they get it. It's like they're, they're going through the grocery store. And then all of a sudden they get a download of what to write. And they like run to their typewriter. And they're like, like that's me when I get into creativity <laughs> oh, that's hilarious yeah have you guys um uh read anything um by Kate Northrup with the do less she talks about your cycle so this only is now going to apply yes. to the female listeners but working with your cycle literally down to what types of tasks to work on in your business and what types of activities um, even for working out, like this week should be a yoga. This week should be in, you know, something energizing. Honestly, it is such a game changer because you're like, oh, and it works with the moon and the energies. And it's clearly not my area of expertise, but. Ooh, I want so her on helpful. our podcast. Yes, you should have her. It's so helpful because you're like, oh, this is if you start tracking, you know, your time of the month, you start to that notice these patterns. Wow. Yeah. And that's like what you're saying, because some weeks you're going to be in that mode of like all the ideas coming in. And then other weeks you need to just like have quiet time with your office door shut and working, you know, on systems. So it's really fascinating. It was a total wow. game changer for me. Wow. Yeah. That I've never thought of that. That makes a lot of sense because that week before my period, I'm so lethargic and so tired and so yeah. run down. And you don't have to push yourself with working out and you can like get the meals set up properly for the kids that are super easy. It's like cutting yourself a break, you know? Yeah. Hey, Chris, have, did you end up working with anyone from The Secret? Um, I haven't, but I have been able to speak at some of the same events as oh, yeah. people secret, which has been so cool. And John Astoreth, who is one of my favorites lives just down the road. So I got to have oh. lunch with him one time. It was so yeah. cool. And he's from Canada too. So, and he's in oh, San Diego. Wow. We, yeah. We have, I was like, oh, we, have a, we have a Bob Doyle on from this, it, I guess he contributed it coming on soon. And I don't know, um, it, but yes, yes. Thank you. yeah, we'll have awesome. to, yeah. 
I mean, you know, and we also had on, unfortunately, someone that was in James Ray, um, his, his sweat lodge. And so, yeah, but you know, for me too, the secret was huge. It was so good. And it is sad that there's like any negativity that is connected to it in any way. But I love that it just got the word out, you know, it's like, it's yeah. been around forever. There's been other, you know, way more books that have been out for a longer time. And that just really like brought it to people, you know, through Oprah yeah. and yeah. Oh yeah. Love Oprah. Oprah, if you're listening, girl, um, really love you. <laughs> Do you feel that everyone has it in them to be an entrepreneur and to go up, you know, after what they want? How do you feel? Yeah. About that? I feel like anybody and everybody can do whatever they want. Like I really, that I, I know is, you know, what my purpose is, is to get that out. To get that because, out. Yeah. Because we can be, do and have anything and it's who we are on the inside. So I have a podcast too with my best friend since we were 15. I have to tell you guys that, which I, so I love that. That's right. It's all on A Course in Miracles. So we've been studying this, flying it for, you know, so long. And so we just get on there and we yammer on about it and how we apply it to our lives. Okay. Well, that's good. I need that because the only thing I've been able to, I bought the book, but then I had to buy the dummy book and I understood the dummy book. Okay. I was excited about the dummy book. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of why we put it out there because it was so hard for us as well at first. Yeah. I mean, I think it took me four years to read it at first. And then it just clicked when I got the audio. I will say that. And I got the audio book. I feel that way all the time about audio first reading. Yeah. So so we're, we're of course still learning and growing and it's always a work in progress. But one of the things I really believe with that is that we're this essence is who we really are. We're this unconditional love and we're all connected. And it's just remembering that, like how, you know, if you think about that blissful feeling, it's hard to even put it into words, but that, you know, unconditional love where we're just so blissful and happy. And it's like, if we can just remember that's who we really are and that's what we need to tune into. You know, instead of trying to manage this outside world, it's coming back to that feeling and creating more of it. Yeah, it's inside of you. Yeah. Well, you've been amazing. If someone wants your guidance and to, um, you know, join one of your your classes or wants to listen to your podcast um, and just find out more yumminess about you and your best friend, um, where can they find you? (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that so much and thank you for asking me that Uh, my website is decisions by design and on that there is a free self-care masterclass. so my whole thing is connecting the dots for people between self-care and really manifesting what it is that they're wanting it all comes back to ourselves like we were talking about so there's a, a fun master class there with a few different parts those three parts um that's a great spot and on there is the podcast link too so that's probably the best spot and then i'm on instagram and facebook as well so would love to connect with everyone And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Really stepping into this place that we really can be, do, and have anything. 
and trying to align ourselves with that. So if you're having trouble even believing that, maybe just opening yourselves up to the possibility that anything is possible and just watching what shows up to help strengthen that belief. And if you're already doing that, just really putting out there what you want and believing that it's possible. And if it's hard to believe it for yourself, look at somebody else. This podcast is amazing, um, you know, that you can create it and just watch what unfolds and shows up. Because if you don't believe it for yourself, believe it, we believe in you. I just think the more we can encourage one another, the better. So those are just what's coming to mind. Awesome. You have been nothing short of an absolute joy. You've you've got me right now in a place, a good place in my mind to go and do a little bit of work on myself. So thank you for the free therapy uh, guidance. My (laughs) honor. I'm so glad it was helpful. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. This was amazing. I could talk all day. (laughs) Hey, uh, Chris, did you have a carpenter in your family? Yes. My papa. He had a whole workshop. Well, he's been here with us this whole time. Oh my God. I kept smelling this smell and I'm like, what do you do? Who, and, and they're a carpenter and it was a man. Oh yeah. Gosh. He lived with yeah. us growing up and my parents had a whole, like part of the garage turned into his wood shop. So oh. it was all like that smell is so familiar to me, what you're talking about. I bet you that was that little dot flying away from you too or flying in I have to look at it okay you ladies are so talented just so real I love it thank you so much thank you hey did you know that sense of soul now has a patreon where you can get exclusive episodes mini series that Mandy and I have been working on for a long time that we can't wait to share with you monthly readings sense of soul sacred circles workshops, behind the scene clips, and much more. Hop on Sense of Soul Patreon right now and sign up. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.